The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Happy New Year, Voice America. And welcome to the 38th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We will go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www. IIRsports.com. Well, as always, it was another wild week in sports, and as usual, I will discuss the highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items that dominated this past week's news for our first show of 2012. In 15 minutes, I will welcome our weekly call-in guest expert, Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post, and also Doug Berman, chairman of the All-American Games, is planning to call in from here in San Antonio, Texas, where I am working at the U.S. Army All-American Bowl, my event of the week that I am attending. Let's get started, and my highlight of the week is Penn State's hiring of Patriots offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien to succeed Joe Paterno as coach. Basically, I have two main reasons for uh, liking this move. First, I watch the Patriots weekly, and as all my listeners know, I'm an 18-year season ticket holder and live 20 minutes from Gillette Stadium. And uh, I simply love the job he has done with the offense in New England, uh, record-breaking for the past few years. Uh, the way he works with Tom Brady is, uh, is spectacular. And secondly, as we saw on the sidelines with Tom Brady, just a few weeks ago down in Washington against the Redskins. He has a strong personality, does Bill O'Brien, and is truly his own man. Uh, He is exactly what is needed in State College at the present time in the wake of the scandal. And I believe that they needed desperately to bring in someone from outside the program who had absolutely no ties to Penn State. Uh, Quite a coincidence that he's a Brown graduate, a Massachusetts native, but a Brown graduate uh, from Providence, Rhode Island, and that, of course, is a school where Joe Paterno graduated from and was the quarterback of way back in the day, prior to his 46-year run, uh, hard to believe, as coach of Penn State. 
So the, the move is clearly controversial. There's a lot of former Penn State players coming out this morning, tweeting, what have you, uh, that do not seem at all in favor of the move. Current players seem to have an allegiance to interim coach Tom Bradley, who's coached the past few weeks. And uh, it's just quite a, uh, quite a spectacle down there in State College. Uh, again, as my listeners know, I grew up about a half an hour away from there. Uh, I've been a Penn State observer my entire life. And uh, it's still just hard to believe watching this story just unfold day after day. And, uh, but steps need to be taken. And a significant step was made with the hiring of Bill O'Brien. So we shall see what develops from there. My low light of the week is the Indianapolis Colts firing of Bill Polian and his son. The Polians were an integral part of what has become the, the NFL's best rivalry, the Colts and Patriots. And it simply won't be the same without, in particular, Bill uh, being the general manager of the Colts. And how ironic is it that not having a backup for Peyton Manning cost Bill Polian his job? Because that, the comparison that's clearly being made is uh, the Patriots going 11-5 and with Matt Castle, the backup quarterback, when Tom Brady went down with the knee injury in 2008. So it's just, uh, again, it, it always seems to be about the Patriots and Colts, shall we say. And uh, again, the irony of Pullian losing his job for not having a backup to Peyton is, uh, is you know, uh, crazy in the context of what it meant to uh, the Patriots. So... My bizarre story of this bowl week is West Virginia scoring 70 points in the Orange Bowl win a few nights ago over Clemson. Again, as my listeners know, I covered the Mountaineers for a few years, and I met first-year coach Dana Holgerson back in August at the Big East Media Football Day and was quite impressed, and clearly he brought... uh, one of the top offensive resumes in all of college football, to Morgantown. And uh, they had a good year, obviously. He made a BCS Bowl, and uh, I think he served notice big time to the rest of the college football world that he is indeed an offensive guru and uh, could make the Mountaineers even more of a team to be reckoned with going forward if he keeps it up on the offensive side. And all this on the heels of uh, <clears throat> Baylor and RG3, Heisman Trophy winner Robert Griffin scoring 67 in the Alamo Bowl uh, just uh, last week. Uh, and it just shows that offense is going crazy in college football, as it is in the NFL. And speaking of the Alamo Bowl and San Antonio, uh, I now want to talk about my previously stated event of the week. Uh, which is the U.S. Army All-American Bowl here in San Antonio, where I'm at as we speak, and where I've been working all week with the organization All-American Games, who puts on the bowl, in preparing for tomorrow's game, which is on NBC at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The All-American Games group uh, is not just staging the All-American Bowl. Uh, they're also staging the first-ever Football University National Championship for 8th grade All-Stars. And I've been out covering 
games this week from uh, featuring teams from Massachusetts, Oregon, Kentucky, and the two participants that will meet in the national championship game tomorrow evening at the Alamo Dome, which is Florida and Texas. And additionally, on Sunday is the East Bay Youth All-American Bowl, uh, which is featuring four games with all-stars from the 7th and 8th grade groups, as well as teams from USA and Canada uh, who are 15-year-old all-stars. So it's just been quite a week out here. Uh, you know, as background for more than 11 years, uh, the U.S. Army All-American Bowl has been the nation's premier high school football game serving as a preeminent launching pad for America's future college and NFL stars, including Adrian Peterson, Mark Sanchez, Tim Tebow, and Domkin Sue, Marcus Lattimore from South Carolina, Andrew Luck from Stanford, who all made their national debuts as U.S. Army All-Americans. Last year, the bowl drew a crowd of about 38,000 to the Alamo Dome, and was in fact the most watched sporting event on television over the weekend, excluding the NFL playoffs. I expect that to happen again tomorrow, as uh, the game leads into Wild Card Weekend. So it's just been, again, an unbelievable week uh, out here. I've been completely blown away by the sheer size and scope of the production, all the games that are going on. And it's just, just it's not just the high school players, and their parents, in addition to Football University and East Bay All-Stars, younger group. Um, you know, it's cheerleaders, it's bands, and most importantly, it's the U.S. Army here in what's known as Military City USA, San Antonio, close to Lackland Air Force Base. And it is just... Uh, you know, quite a spectacle, a huge, huge production. Big names are out here. Uh, just yesterday I met Herman Boone, the coach from, uh, portrayed by Denzel Washington in the movie Remember the Titans, which we all remember. Uh, one of my highlights of the week was uh, going the other night to what's called the Player Hero Challenge, where the 90 high school All-Americans met and had dinner with uh, medal winners from the Army and Purple Heart, that type of thing. And uh, it was just at, a, at Sunset Station beside the Alamo Dome here in San Antonio. Just a remarkable event. And the highlight of the evening was before dinner was served, they had uh, U.S. Army drill sergeants uh, conducting a push-up and sit-up competition where the players and soldiers were doing push-ups and sit-ups. Uh, the game format is Eastern All-Stars versus Western All-Stars, so it was a uh, similar format, exact format, uh, with this skills competition, and it started with uh, the drill sergeants showing exactly how push-ups and sit-ups are to be done in the military, and... I've done a lot of push-ups and sit-ups in my life, but I never knew the exact proper way, but now I do after witnessing that, as do the high school All-Americans, and uh, uh, it was just really something to watch. The enthusiasm of these uh, stars and soldiers was just something to behold, and then to see uh, 
you know, to see the interaction between the soldiers and the players themselves was just remarkable. Truly, it was, you know, featuring the best of the best, the best high school players teaming up with the best soldiers that America has to offer. And uh, when I say the best of the best, I'm talking about players, including Barry Sanders' son. That's the quality of player that's out here in San Antonio. So it is just, just a remarkable event, to say the least. Um, so yeah, the, the U.S. Army All-American Bowl, is it's owned and produced by All-American Games, a uh, New Jersey-based sports marketing and event management company. The U.S. Army is also obviously the title sponsor of the bowl, and American Family Insurance is the lead national sponsor. Uh, I'm presenting sponsor for the telecast on NBC. And uh, so, yeah, so tomorrow is the big day, the long-awaited day, and it has just been an amazing day. Uh, Effort. The uh, I'm working on the public relations side uh, with a very impressive media relations staff in a, a media room that is a media center, shall I call it? That is exactly like a newspaper newsroom that I worked in for ten years when I was a newspaper reporter and editor. And uh, yes, it was just uh, you know. Going at breakneck speed, the logistics of this week with, again, parents, players, families, band members, cheerleaders, all coming in from uh, literally across the country, uh, apparel companies giving out their apparel to all the players, the logistics, the buses, getting them to practices, getting them, of course, to the games, uh, managing basically the three separate entities of the bowl itself, Football University, East Bay, all games that are being held, and then events last night at the, uh, at the main headquarters hotel was just a spectacular party uh, with just players, family members, everybody, basically everybody who's in town was there, and it was just a remarkable event to be part of. And again, it's just uh, an amazingly, amazingly well-coordinated and well-run effort, and uh, just something that you know I, I've just very much had the pleasure to be a part of. Uh, one of the things that's been interesting for me is I've covered... Uh, three of the football university eighth grade all-star games and the quality of play from these eighth graders is just remarkable i could not be more impressed uh as we know you know the uh you know the eyes of america has continually sought out younger and younger players especially in football and uh so it's just been an amazing thing to watch as uh, these youngsters, uh, as these youngsters just simply put on quite a show. So, with that said, it's time for our break. And coming back on the other side, we'll be uh, talking with Doug Berman and Barry Rubenstein.
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. Have we got a high energy all access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle starring Lemont Williams. Each week join Lemont as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And to join the show... The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we often have guests joining us. And today we have Doug Berman, chairman of All-American Games, calling in from here in San Antonio, site of tomorrow's U.S. Army All-American Bowl, as well as our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein from the New York Post, and welcome, Doug and Barry. Good to have a couple of Jersey boys on the show. Well, good afternoon here, uh, John. I'm staring right at your hotel. <laughs> oh, I'll bet. It's the tallest building in San Antonio, which has been very helpful in uh, direction-wise as I come from the various games and activities. And, Doug, I must say I am completely impressed by the sheer size of Bull Week. This is my first one that I've attended, and uh, so can you tell us a little bit about your organization and this week's activities and the sheer scope of uh, this production? Well, clearly this uh, event rivals any probably major bowl game now in its scale. Um, All-American Games, as you said, is uh, based in Wharton, New Jersey. We're a small, intrepid group who try to put on the best events in high school and youth football. Um, it started really as a family affair, and as you see, man, much of it is still family, and yet we bring in people like you for the week who kind of say, gee, I'd like to help, and they keep coming back, um, I think, because of the spirit of the event and because of what the Army contributes to it. I got emails this morning from uh, two old friends who've worked on this ball when they were in the Army, one from Hawaii, one from South Carolina, saying, wish they were here. Um, 
But, you know, it's anchored around what's going to be a great game on NBC, 1 o'clock Eastern tomorrow. <clears throat> some really great players and some great college announcements coming up out. Um, so I hope people tune in. But, you know, there's like Doriel Green Beckham, who people say is the next, next great wide receiver to come, or Barry Sanders' son, Barry Sanders, who's going to announce where he's going to college. Um, it should be a great game from what I hear from the coaches. Well, it has been uh, nonstop news all week, and uh, I'm sure that's going to continue, especially with uh, the college commitments coming up from, uh, from again, the best players in America. And, Doug, uh, and yesterday... You know better than me. What's the hashtag that we're all using this week? Well, I think it's at... Uh, uh, I think uh, it's at uh, Army Bowl, right? Hashtag Army Bowl. At Army Bowl. That's exactly yeah. right. And... Uh, a busy hashtag, to put it mildly, and, uh, you know, yesterday, Doug, you kindly introduced me to the legendary Herman Boone, the coach played by Denzel Washington, of course, in the fabulous Remember the Titans movie. Uh, I know Herman is not... Last night, by the way. That's funny. Funny you mentioned oh, that. <laughs> that's, quite a, that's quite a coincidence, Barry. Yeah. Doug, I know that Herman, uh, Coach Boone, is not the only celebrity in nope. town. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, who else is in town for this huge well, event? First, we have Coach Boone, Coach Yost, who come back every year. They're the honorary coaches, um, okay. you know, and for their groundbreaking work. Uh, not as well known nationally, but very important is um, a gentleman named Ken Hall who is still holds many of the rushing records in high school football from 1953, which is pretty remarkable that those have stood up. Uh, and he's whose likeness we've made the Army Player of the Year trophy in. But consider this, right? He rushed for 506 yards on 11 carries in one half. Oh, my gosh. Right? And that record yeah. still stands. Do the math. It's pretty amazing. Right, Sugarland, Texas. Uh, tomorrow at the game, um, I think David Robinson's going to be there because uh, his son's participating in the U.S. Army National Combine. Uh, Snoop Dogg and uh, Toby Keith are here. Here, Their sons uh, are participating in some of the East Bay events. Um, there are several other fathers, pros. Um, Keith Hamilton's son, former New York Giant, is here. He's rumored to maybe be winning the Defensive Player of the Year tonight. Um, and equally important on the Army side, we have the Under -Sec Assistant Secretary of the Army uh, here, uh, as well as a little later today, the Chief of Staff, General Ordiano, is down visiting with the coaches and the players and the bandsmen and the soldiers who are all here as part of this great event. Um, and, in, you know, he is certainly the most VIP VIP of um, the United States Army, along with the Sergeant Major of the Army, Sergeant Major Chamber. Wow, that's amazing. And I've worked a lot of events in my career, but what clearly sets this one apart is your relationship with the U.S. Army. Uh, just remarkable, to say the least. Can you tell us a little bit about how that all came together, Doug, and, and how it continues to this day after uh, many years? Sure. I mean, the... the the Army began to be involved in sports marketing uh, early in uh, 2001, uh, and we had played the first game uh, that previous 
really, December. And uh, they kind of came along and said, gee, what's this high school football thing? Maybe we could be involved. And the very first year, it was just a football game and nothing more. Uh, but over the last 10 years, in partnership with them, they've really come to own high school excellence um, by starting with high school football players and being having the best. But now the United States Army Marching Band has 125 of the best marching musicians and color guard members from across the country, seniors who come to perform out of high school. We have the U.S. Army Coaches Academy bringing 100 top coaches here for a day of I've studied with the Army and studying of X's and O's with uh, football university faculty members. Okay. Uh, and then uh, we've added the soldiers who served us in Afghanistan and Iraq who pair with each All-American in an integral part of the week. Uh, there's the U.S. Army National Combine. And as it continues to grow, it lets the Army communicate its message of opportunity that it's about helping young people find opportunities, whether that's to become an officer through um, participating in ROTC or as an enlisted soldier. You know, they have 150 different job op- occupations that they fill. So it helps the um, Army communicate their interest in young people and communications to the high school and their best. And their support's been uh, incredibly special. And it's different. If you walk out on the field, whether you're a bandsman or a player, and on your shoulder is the flag of the United States, and across your chest is the words United States Army, right? And you know you're playing for that. It just brings out a different level of performance. Spectacular. Uh, Barry, I'm sure you have uh, a question or two for Doug, and... uh Feel free. I'm sure you're just uh, taking in all this information and, and loving it, knowing you as I do. Oh yeah, I mean it's 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 a great event, and um, you know the, the question I have is, tell me a little bit about how the how the players get selected for a game like this. Obviously, you know you have you have you know some great candidates all over the country that uh, that probably deserve to play in a game of this magnitude and and have the talent to do it. How, how do you whittle down the rosters and and, and how are the teams selected? Sure. Well, we work with one great partner, Rivals.com, and our second great partner is our uh, the coaches who have been here, who have had players in the game and been to the National Coaches Academy, which is over 1,300. So they now, from all over the country, play with, in their own instance if they have one, or play against a player. So they know what is a U.S. Army All-American kind of caliber player. That list gets to be built. It's probably four to five hundred names long, uh, and kids are nominated in the spring. Some are selected a little earlier, but 400 to 500 nominations go out. Uh, They're delivered by a recruiter to the athlete in the school. The selection committee keeps talking. We built depth charts because we can only, for example, take three quarterbacks from the east and three from the west, and probably six wide receivers from east and west. Um, And so the depth charts get built. Often two or three of those names are pretty clear to the committee early on. Um, And then, you know, it's really tough to figure out who the fourth, fifth, and sixth athletes are because they're at any position because there's just so many great young football players out there. But we feel pretty good that the process has worked. Usually about one-third of our 
uh, class of our All-Americans three or four years later are drafted. So, you know, on any given Sunday, you're watching players who made their debut here, Adrian Peterson, Reggie Bush, uh, Deshaun Jackson, Mark Sanchez, Tim Tebow, um, are some of them. Uh, and we're very excited because if Andrew Luck, in fact, becomes the first overall draft choice, he'll be our first um, U.S. Army All-American, who is the first draft choice. Usually they're about 10 in every first round. But, you know, four years out, our picking, say, a third of the first round draftees, we think that that's a pretty good statement, that the talent here is pretty high. Terrific, Doug. And, uh, wow, that's, that's great information. And, uh, again, quite an honor to be selected, to put it mildly. And... Doug, as we head towards our break, uh, the U.S. Army All-American Bowl tomorrow is not the only game happening this week, as you and I well know. Uh, can you just touch a little bit on Football University sure. and its first ever national well, championship? We're very excited. Tomorrow night in the Alamo Dome after the U.S. Army All-American Bowl, a few hours later, will be the first ever FBU national championship game featuring a team from... Uh, Texas playing a team from Central Florida, but 40 teams from across the country, all-star teams, started out about a month ago competing in, you know, round-by-round play for the opportunity to get to San Antonio. They played their way in a semifinals here, and the finals is tomorrow. And then, of course, on Sunday, we have four more games for the East Bay Bowl, and it's four games that are part of that. A seventh-grade all-star game, an eighth-grade all-star game, a United States versus Canada all-star game, and then a kind of title game of the four, an eighth-grade unlimited game. And just to give you a sense of the line for the eighth-grade unlimited game, it is their offensive line is averaging 290 pounds. And laughingly, we all say, <laughs> and some of them will announce where they're going to high school, on Sunday morning. <laughs> right, right. Like the uh, eighth grader who committed to USC a year or two ago, right? <laughs> exactly. It's a little crazy. <laughs> it's amazing, yeah, the, the size of these players that I've seen from seventh grade right up through, of course, seniors in high school is right. uh, and remarkable. And many of those kids are selected or not selected, but we learn about because, you know, our football university camps, that if people want to kind of learn more, they should go to footballuniversity.org. But we conduct these camps in, uh, it'll be about 45 communities in the United States this year and seven or eight up in Canada and even a few. And, you know, we only use ex-NFL coaches as our faculty. We think it's a great product to help kids get better because um, we're about helping young athletes. That's another part of what, you know, our fundamental DNA at All-American Games is just helping young athletes get better and get exposure. Well, you do a heck of a job, and Doug, I just want to thank you for taking the time to join us today. I am a witness to how incredibly busy you are this week overseeing this gigantic production, so for you to take uh, 15 minutes out of your busy, busy schedule the day before the big game is uh, very kind of you. You're very informative, to say the least. Uh, nothing like hearing it all right from the top. Hey, John, you've been great this week. I hope you'll come back over and over again. You've really helped a lot, so thank you.
Well, absolutely. It's been my pleasure. Uh, as I said to Rich McGinnis, uh, the founder, when we first met at Football University Clinic uh, right near my house in Massachusetts, uh, coming to this game, is a, coming to this week has been a bucket list item for me, and uh, and it's everything I could have dreamed and uh, and more, and I look forward to hopefully yeah, doing it in many years. It's a one-timer. I hope not, John. <laughs> right. No, it's a, many, many buckets ahead, I'm sure. All right, great. Thank you, and very nice to meet you. Nice to speak to you, John. Good luck tomorrow. Thank you very much. And everyone, tune in, 1 o'clock Eastern, NBC Television. Wonderful. And thanks again, Doug. We're going to go to our break now, and Barry will be sticking around to discuss more football on the other side. Kevin Lewis has been a student of the game his entire life, from Little League to the NFL. Tune in Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on Voice America Sports. Hustling with K. Lewis. It's not where you start, it's how you finish. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And to join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And still with us on the line now is our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein from the New York Post. And uh, Barry, that was some pretty good stuff with Doug Berman, chairman of... All-American Games, put it, which puts on tomorrow's U.S. Army All-American Bowl on NBC at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Yeah, I mean, they, they put, the, you know, it's an event that really does showcase a lot, you know, great young, young players. And, and as we, we heard in our conversation, you know, many of whom go on to, to great things. So it really is kind of the first, uh, you know, real you know, national spotlight for, for a lot of these young guys that, you know, many of them one day will, will grow up to be... Uh, the NFL players. Yes, well, in future years, I expect we'll be talking about some of these high schoolers that I'm going to watch play tomorrow uh, when we talk about NFL postseason. And tomorrow begins NFL Wild Card Weekend, uh, what I consider the second best weekend of the year in sports. Uh, my favorite weekend of the year in sports is next weekend when you have the four. Uh, Four divisional games, uh, one of mm -hmm. which I will be attending. The Patriots hosting a playoff game at 8 o'clock Eastern time next Saturday night, a uh, week from tomorrow. And 
Before you and I get into Wild Card Weekend, uh, let me just simply say about that game, uh, as a little history, there's been two previous Saturday night playoff games in the last 10, 12 years up in uh, New England. I've been at both. One was the famous snowball tuck roll. Adam Vinatieri kick game. I'll never forget. Uh-huh. Maybe the best, maybe the best sports event of my lifetime that I attended in person. And the other Saturday night special was, of course, the four degrees below zero, twenty-five degrees wind chill factor below zero uh, game against the Tennessee Titans and quarterback Steve McNair uh, that went down to basically the last minute uh, and. I'm expecting something special again a week from tomorrow. Uh, you know, it's just something about that Saturday night slot with the NFL playoff divisional round that uh, always seems to have something special, certainly in, in New England. Uh, so I can't wait. But before I get there and find out who we're playing, we've got Wild Card Weekend. And uh, why don't we start with... Uh, the Giants, that you're based at the New York Post, of course, and uh, are a giant expert, and watched the game on Sunday night, uh, tuned it in, saw 21 nothing Giants. I was not surprised. How about you? Well, you know, if you've been watching the team all year, it was, it was funny because, you know, it, 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 by all... By all accounts and by all logic, it would seem that the Giants would have had the edge. But you know they've had this tension all year for, you know, kind of fading in games where you know, you think they would they 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 they're in control. But the difference last Sunday was that you know they they did they did come through when they needed to, and they were up they were up twenty one nothing became twenty one seven became twenty one fourteen, and I think a lot of Giant fans were getting a little nervous at that point. And if you recall, I think the turning point of that game was Giants having a third and seven and uh, Eli Manning getting out of trouble completing that 40-yard pass to Victor Cruz, which, which really um, kind of stopped the momentum that the Cowboys were building. And I think that was, that was definitely the key play of the game. If they don't make it there, they punt the ball, and the Cowboys have a chance to come down in a, a you know, one-possession game and tie it. And then, you know, who knows what happens after that. But I think that was, that was a huge play. And... I think that uh, you know Eli has certainly shown the ability to uh, you know, to carry the Giants in those in those late stages of ball games, and, and he did it once again. Um, you know the Giants at home have not been that impressive, so there was a little, a little bit of a red flag. But they did come through, they did get it done, and you know now they move on to the tournament. So I think that uh, you know we'll be seeing. Uh, the defensive line, I think, will be a big factor for the Giants this week. Uh, the uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't think that the you know, the Falcons, you know, they they've had a good year, but you know, dome teams traditionally don't do that well uh, in the outdoors. Not that the weather is going to be a factor. It's going to be uh, you know in the forties, fifties. You know, I, mean, I think it's going to be dry, so weather probably will not be a factor. But um, I think the crowd will be juiced up at the Meadowlands. I think the defensive line uh, will play a good game. The OCU Manure is healthy finally. And just showed some showed some flashes last week, um, and you know the Giants' uh, offensive weapons, you know, with with Eli and with the receivers, uh, that might be too much for the Falcons to handle. So I, I would expect the Giants to prevail this week. Yeah, and pretty amazing that uh, <clears throat> you know, given the up and down year they've had, that they're actually hosting a playoff game Sunday at Giant Stadium. And uh, why don't we just stick with Sunday to? 
finish out this segment here and talk about the uh, the final game of the weekend. We'll go in reverse order here, which is, of course, the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Denver Broncos. A lot of storylines here with Steeler injuries, Ryan Clark being out with uh, the altitude at Denver. And speaking of Denver, Tim Tebow, of course. What do you think uh, about that game? You know what? I, I, if, if there's if there's a potential for an upset on this weekend, I think this is it. I, 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 I just have a feeling that 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 the Broncos are gonna are gonna play above their heads. I mean, it's I think this, it's a tough spot for the Steelers. Um, everyone expected expected them to win, but they're really banged up. Uh, Rashard Mendenhall is out, won't play, so that takes away a lot of a lot of their running game. So you're kind of putting the onus on um, on Ben Roethlisberger and, and the passing game. But let's not forget the Broncos have 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 a quite a pass rush. You know, we talked about the Giants' pass rush. The um, Broncos have quite a pass rush of their own uh, with Doomerville and Von Miller. So I think they're going to put some put some pressure on the Steelers, who you know have have ground out the, the run game all year. But they're not going to. I think they're going to be hurting in that regard. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, Tebow versus the Steelers' defense. So that's that's going to be a very very tough task for for Mr. Tebow as well. But I, don't know, I just, I just have a feeling on this one. I, I, I think, I think the Broncos are going to give the Steelers a really good game, and they, they actually could win. I, I think they can. The crowd's going to, the crowd's going to be crazy out there. Uh, you know, Tebow mania has kind of subsided a little bit, been, but kind of brought back down to earth, if you will, uh, last couple of weeks. But I don't know. I, I just have a feeling about this one. I, I think, as I said, if there's, if there's a chance for any upsets in the first round. I think this is going to be it. I, I, I think the Broncos have a good chance. Yeah, I think that's a great observation. Uh, you know, Tim Tebow hasn't been the same since the Patriots game as far as Tebow magic. Obviously, they backed into the playoffs, three straight losses. But uh, I tend to agree with you. I, I just think, you know, Tebow magic is not dead. I think it's uh, still, you know, been on life support for a few weeks, but I got the feeling it may reemerge tomorrow. The Steelers... You know, they just have a lot of bad things going on right now. There's just no other way of saying it. In fact, I just saw within the past half hour that there was like a fire at a Steelers assistant coach house last night. You know, it it just doesn't seem like, you know, it's happening for them at this current time or this year. Uh, Never count them out, though. That's one. I think we've all learned that with the Steelers. They they are one of those teams that very often... uh, get going when the going gets tough. So I think that is the marquee game of the weekend, to say the least. And, uh, yeah, I, I just think it's going to be great. Um, why don't we take our break a little early now here so we have enough time on the uh, in our fourth and final segment to discuss the two wild card games scheduled for tomorrow. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports the job of a professional athlete is never complete 
In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. He'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard hitting radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. And back on the line with us still is Barry Rubenstein from the New York Post. And Barry, we covered the Sunday wild card round for the NFL, the two games. Uh, we got two more tomorrow as well to kick it off. And why don't we start with the first game of the day, which is Cincinnati Bengals at Houston, Texas at 3.30 p.m. Actually, 4.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, I'm in a different time zone, of course. No, that 3.30 is San Antonio time tomorrow. Anyway, uh, we'll all find it no matter what time it is, of course. And uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Cincinnati-Houston? Well, it isn't too often that you see a playoff game with two rookie quarterbacks, but you're going to see one uh, in this game. We've got uh, you know, Andy Dalton, who's had, who's had put together a really nice season for the Bengals. And uh, the 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 unheralded T.J. Yates uh, for the Texans. Um, this is going to be a good game, I think. But I, I, I think that I think the crowd, the whole the home atmosphere uh, in Houston is going to make a difference. Um, this will be the first home playoff game in uh, Houston, Texas history. Uh, so you know, as 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 we mentioned, you know, for the other two games, I think the the, the home crowds will be will be a big factor. Um, a lot of weapons. For uh, for the Texans, you got uh, you know, Arian Foster running the ball. Um, I just think it's going to be. It might be just too much for the Bengals to overcome. And I think that the I think the Bengals can score some points. But I I, I like I like the Texans in this one. Um, you know I, I I think it's I don't I think it's going to be a high scoring game. Actually, I do think the two teams are capable of putting up some points. And uh, I, I I do like the Texans in this one. Maybe by. Maybe by a touchdown, let's say. But it'll be it'll be it'll be a good game. I think it'll be fun to watch. 
Oh, I think it will be too. And tomorrow night is really a juicy, juicy matchup in my book. Uh, the Detroit Lions at the New Orleans Saints. Uh, the New Orleans Saints right now, I would have to say they're the team that kind of has that Super Bowl look that I like to refer to every year. There seems to be some team that just looks hot. And it feels yeah. to me like the Saints are that team. Uh, what are your thoughts on the game? I would agree with that. I think, you know, the Saints have proven all year. I mean, they can, you know, it, yeah, I think they have to go a long way to really find a team that, that, that can just turn on the Jets like they can. I mean, you know, Drew Brees threw for 5,000 yards this year, setting an NFL record, you know, passing Dan Marino. Uh, you know, it's a lot just by itself. With all the weapons the Saints have, and, you know, it really doesn't, the defense doesn't matter so much for them because they score so much. I mean, they, 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 it seems like they, they put up 40 points every game. So, you know, as long as they can outscore the opposition, they're going to be in good shape. I think, you know, uh, certainly, you know, for the Lions' point of view, you have the fact that this is the first trip to the playoffs in a long time. You know, this is, this is something new for, you know, none of these players have, 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 have been to the playoffs before. You got, you got Matt Stafford, who's, who's emerging. Uh, nice young quarterback, and you know he'll get he'll get better. Um, of course, the defense uh, and Dominican Sue and, and all his friends. I think that this stage might. This is a tough spot for them too. I think you know the stage of being in the playoffs in New Orleans. Uh, you know, with with all all the power that offense can generate, uh, and you know the Lions, uh, Mr. Sue, uh, on top of this list. Uh, a pension for being somewhat undisciplined at times, and you know, if if if, if you know, make a couple little, little mistakes, they're gonna snowball real quick against the Saints. And you know, we've seen the Saints beat up on too many teams this year, so I I think that uh, it's it's gonna be a tall order for the Lions. So I, I would expect the Saints to kind of you know keep uh, keep the good times rolling down in New Orleans, and I, I think they have a chance to go very far this year as well. I agree with you there. Yeah, well, clearly the uh, the Saints playing at home is the X factor. They are basically unbeatable at home. And again, on a Saturday night in New Orleans, two days before the national championship, BCS game in New Orleans, it's going to be just a wild, wild weekend down there. The, the Lions... Party all week, yeah, absolutely. Oh my, oh my goodness, to put it mildly. And, uh, and, you know, the Lions, to me, are quite possibly the, one of the top three stories of the NFL this year. Their return to the playoffs... Sue's uh, suspensions, his uh, you know his approach to the game, um, and you know I, they're they're just a fascinating team. Of course, you have Megatron, Calvin Johnson, who's just special to put it mildly. So, you know, and then just the, the sheer enthusiasm of the Detroit fans. The city itself is electric, and uh, just over them being in the playoffs. So. I, do, I just think it's great to have the Lions back in the playoffs, and uh, and I, I just foresee uh, just a, a great, great game. And, and just to loop back quickly to the Cincinnati-Houston game, uh, you know, I was out in Houston for the Patriots Super Bowl. Reliance Stadium is a special kind of place uh, about five or six years ago when they played the Super Bowl there, and I, I agree with you. I think the place is just going to be absolutely electric. Uh the Bengals, you know, give them credit. You know, they uh, they seem to be a feast or famine team. Either they're in the playoffs or they're, like, getting the first pick in the draft. It's never anything right. in between with them. <laughs> and, uh, but Andy Dalton, 
very, very impressive year. And A.J. Green as a wideout, uh, quite, quite a tandem, to put it mildly. So, uh, again, you know, I, I think that's going to be a good game. I do like Houston, despite their quarterback situation. And, uh, you know, we shall see. But I think it's going to be fun. But, again, it's not all NFL this weekend. Uh, obviously, Monday night, the BCS National Championship game in New Orleans. LSU versus Alabama in a rematch. Uh, you know, a lot of people didn't want this game, but it's here. And now that it's here, uh, I find myself, not who wasn't thrilled with the rematch when it was first announced, uh, starting to get a little bit excited. I, I, I think it, it, well, it clearly should be a better one than the first one. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, I, I, it's, you know it's like, like we always say in the NFL, you know, it's, it's really hard for 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 a team one team to sweep another one. I mean, we see this all the time uh, you know, within divisional games. The NFL, you know, obviously you're playing with your division rivals twice a year, and it's very hard to get a sweep. Uh, you can kind of make the same case here because you have two teams that are so evenly matched as they proved uh, the first time around. Um, you know, it's 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 going to come down to you know who makes the big play at the end, who avoids that crucial turnover. Who avoids that penalty? Who makes the big third down play? And you know, with with everything being equal, you know, if you if you indeed subscribe to the theory that it's very hard to sweep a team when you're playing twice a year, then then, then I think you have to go with Alabama to win the game. Um, LSU, of course, winning the first game nine to six in that defensive battle. I think we're going to see a very similar game this time around. Uh, you know, I think you're going to see Trent Richardson kind of step up and make that big play. If you're, if you're looking for a guy to make that play, I think he's going to be the guy to do it. But, you know, again, it's going to, I think, I don't, I don't see a, a storyline much different than it was the first time around. I, I, I you know, I, I think it's going to be very tight, very defensive-minded, and it's going to come down to, you know, one, one play, one memorable play to kind of like kind of change the, change the momentum either way. So that, that, that's, that's the way I look at it. And, and, I said, and like I said, just based on, the fact that, you know, I don't think either of these teams is that much better than the other team, uh, you know, you're going to have to give it to, to Alabama. And, then, of course, then that is, and, and unlike most years, then, of course, that's going to open up a can of worms. Well, who's the number one team in the country? You know, obviously, if there's a national championship based on that, it would have to be Alabama. But then LSU could say, wait a second, we beat these guys once and we split with these guys. So, you know, it, it, it's, there's going to be a can of worms. I mean, I think it, because there's a national championship game, you know, the winner of this game will, will be the de facto national champion, but I think if Alabama wins, the LSU fans, uh, will, will be, will be yelling and screaming, and then I think they would have a right to. You know, this is a very, uh, unusual situation that we're in, and, you know, maybe this is, maybe this is the final straw that it takes, uh, for the NCAA to institute a, an actual real playoff system. We shall see. I, I think if Alabama wins, then you're going to have a, a call for a national championship uh, playoff like we do in every other sport in this country. Exactly, yes. It is just high time, you know, for, uh, for that to happen. And, you know, uh, if it's another, shall we say, boring-slash-bad game, uh, you can bet we'll be hearing from Oklahoma State as well. We believe they should have been in the game in the first place. They beat Stanford and Andrew Luck this week. And uh, I'm sure they're going to have a few things to say, to put it mildly. And uh, so, yeah, it's just a mess. And, Barry, we're down under two minutes now, but I do want to get your quick thoughts on Penn State's hiring of Bill O'Brien, Patriots offensive coordinator, as a coach to succeed Joe Paterno. 
it's an interesting choice in that Bill O'Brien, you know, obviously uh, has done a great job, uh, you know, molding the Patriots offense. He was Tom Brady's quarterback coach this year. He was offensive coordinator. A very interesting choice in that he has he has never been a head coach in college. Has never is no Penn State ties. So it's a, it's a very interesting choice. And there's there's actually uh, I'm, I'm reading on the internet a lot of rumblings from from, from some very prominent Penn State alumni that uh, you know it, it, that he, that they feel the school is making a big mistake in hiring Bill O'Brien, not because he's Bill O'Brien, but because he has no ties to the university. You know, uh, to the effect that you know he doesn't understand what he's in for. Um, you know, the, the 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 alumni won't support him. Uh, you're going to have uh, you know they're going to push. Uh, kids to transfer out, uh, you know. So the, so the Penn State story is, you know, they can try to paint this any way they want. Is okay. We're going to get some stability, and now we move forward. But it's, you know, I, I think with with everything else revolving around, uh, you know, this 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 tragic story at Penn State that just doesn't seem to be getting any anywhere close to being toward closure. In fact, it, it, it just gets more and more complicated. So there are some signs. Uh, some rumblings out of Happy Valley that, uh, you know, really aren't very happy at all. It, it, it's unfortunate. Um, you know, uh, Bill O'Brien might be a very good coach, uh, but I don't know that a lot of people uh, in the Penn State community are going to give him that chance. So we just have to see how this plays out. That's right. Well, thank you so much for your thoughts, as always. Thank you for listening to All Around Sports. My TV pick of the weekend is the LSU-Alabama game on Monday night. Happy New Year, and we look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.